welcome to Minute 16 of The Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into The Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob. Oh, wait a second. Where's Tom? Oh, I just found out that Tom's in the cooler this week. And uh, unfortunately, the Wi-Fi doesn't work there because they're having technical difficulties. So just be me this week as your host. And joining me today is uh, Todd Liebenau of the Forgotten Filmcast. Welcome to the show, Todd. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. I'm, I'm glad you weren't sent to the cooler this week, too. You know, I came close, but, uh, you know, I got a little too close to the wire, but uh, I thought better of it. So, yeah. As long as you didn't uh, send out any raspberries, you know, to the guards, you should no, be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you got to you, you got to pick your moments, you know. So. <laughs> That's very true. Um, well, episode 16 starts off with a guard looking back and forth while in the tower. Uh, checking out the prisoners in, in, in the camp, and it ends with Danny scratching his head. Uh, this, is, this is a very interesting uh, minute, because basically, uh, you know, for anyone who was listening last week, which hopefully it was all of you, we just had uh, the point where Hilt's taking a look, and he found the blind spot, and he wants to, to try and check it out. The minute starts off with, the, the you know, the shot of the guard looking back and forth, and we've discussed in the past the fact that the, the guards don't look uh, overly thrilled to be here. <laughs> well, who would? You know... Yeah, but they're not at the Russian front. I guess. I, you know, I mean, I, I suppose that's that's the bright side. But, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, one of the, I, I, it, you know, I, I guess just sitting there in a watchtower for something to maybe happen. It's like, you remember the opening of Laverne and Shirley where they used to just sit there and watch the uh, the bottles go by and the shots brewery. And, and then, you know, they entertain themselves by sticking a glove on top of one of the bottles as it goes by. You know, it's like, it's gotta be a job like that where you're just waiting for something interesting. To yeah. Know, but the, so, the, yeah. the bottles of beer are not going to uh, aim bad at you. <laughs> oh, um, I suppose they could, but you know, yeah. Uh, maybe that's what they're looking for. Maybe they're, maybe Laverne and Shirley were actually looking for uh, a broken bottle. It didn't have uh, the cap on properly or something. And that's what they're checking for. I don't know. You know, uh, I've I've never worked in a yeah, in, in a yeah. beer bottle company, so I well, can't really tell you what exactly they were looking for. <laughs> I don't know either. I've always wanted, you know, I live in Colorado, and I've wanted to go take the free tour they have of the Coorie, uh, not far from where I live here. But I've just never gotten around to doing it. So you know, maybe maybe there's like a ton of Laverne and Shirley's that are there watching the things go. Very by. possible. Maybe they have guard towers like they do in the Great Escape. I don't know. I mean, know. it's been forty years since since the Laverne and Shirley, forty plus years since the Laverne and Shirley uh, credits. So it's possible that they've automated everything these days. I don't know. Oh, but you yeah, see, I'm, yeah. I'm now going to put you on a, you know, a, a, a fact finding mission. You have to find that out. You can. You'll weeks, you know, once, once I do, you're able I do. to get, yeah. you know, once you're able to get into the course factory, whether, uh, whether it's permitted at, at this point, um, are they, do you think they're still having tours at this point? I think they, they had them kind of hold for a while because of COVID. I don't, so I don't know if they've started them up again or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a free thing. It's one of those things that, you know, always when you look up the things to do in Denver that are free, it says, well, there's the course brewery tour. You get to walk around the brewery and they give you a few sips for free, you know, so. Hey, yeah, but you know, you, you talked about um, opening credit sequences. This uh, this shot that opens this this minute makes me think of one of my favorite opening credit sequences. Uh, the first shot, I went, "Oh my gosh, it's the opening of the Hogan's Heroes uh, opening." Because I I used to watch that all the time. Um, it was one of my dad's favorite shows, and they used to show it in reruns on uh, WGN in Chicago. And it opens with Cigar Tower. And, you know, the searchlights and things like that. And, um, of course, Hogan's Heroes, I always think of because that was the go-to show 
whenever there was a rain delay for a Cubs baseball game. You know, if W, if WGN was showing the, the Cubs game and there was a rain delay and it just was long, they'd cut to Hogan's heroes. <laughs> so, so seeing that guard tower made me think, oh, it's a rain delay at the Cubs game. Yeah. Um, actually, I just I just pulled it up, and uh, first of all, I do see the, the the connection that you're making. I mean, but there, it you know, in, in the Hogan's Heroes, it's, it takes place at night, not today, and you have the guard, right? You know, with the searchlights working, which which will happen later in the movie. We we will have that, but but that's very interesting that you're bringing that up. I mean, we've discussed a few of the past episodes about the the connections between various uh, POW uh, movies and TV shows. I'm assuming I'm assuming that you know. But but what what is Hogan's Heroes based on? Do you know? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Um, it's a movie from 1953. I it's Stalag something. Yes, yes. That, yeah. Just start counting. Stalag 17. <laughs> 17. I was going to say you couldn't remember. Right. Um, Stalag 17, but, which is which is one of my favorite yeah. movies. It's such a great movie because it's uh, like this one. It it deals with with uh, serious situations, but it, it's very light. Um, and Hogan's yeah. Heroes took it one step further and just made everything into a complete comedy. <laughs> you know, I, I, Hogan's Heroes probably took it several yeah, that's steps true. further. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen an episode of Hogan's Heroes, so I couldn't really remember. I mean, obviously, I I, I recall as as a thing reruns, you know, on you know when when they were they were on during the day. You know, you'd get home from school and that would be you know I'd have you know in the eighties you had Hogan's Heroes, you had Gilgan's Island. Uh, you know the Munsters, Brady Bunch, Brady, yeah. Adam's Family. Mm-hmm. You know that that right. all, all those shows were, were were the ones that that we would get to sit and watch all all day. You know, like for me now, it's it's very interesting that you know when when you have like all these Nickelodeon shows and they're shows from like the from twenty years ago where they're considered yeah. classics. And I'm like, come on, right. like, Saved by the Bell is not a classic in my. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's like all those shows now from you know twenty twenty five years ago, which you know we're. For goodness sake, we're talking about things like Friends, Dharma and Grace, or... Dharma and Greg. Dharma and Greg. I'm sorry, Dharma and Greg. You know, and, and those, those shows that were on during the 90s, and I think about, man, yeah, the, the shows that were that age when I was a teenager, you know, are those things like Hogan's Heroes, The Brady Bunch, et cetera, et cetera. And we used to watch those all the time because they played them in reruns. But my kids, they, they don't see these old shows show up in reruns. They don't get that... that Correct, because for them, like we got. Because for them, we grew friends, up in such a great time. <laughs> my my two sons are watching right now Friends and How I Met Your Mother, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, these are shows that I watched, you know, during first run, and they were fun watching yeah. the first run. Obviously, it's fun rewatching them also, but but I don't consider them. Those aren't the type of shows that I would say, oh, those are classic, you know, reruns from my perspective. That is obviously you and I are on the same page with when it comes to this. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's just it's just funny thinking about that. You know, but but then again, I think about it also, and I say, okay, you know, when when we think about movies that came out thirty years ago or or forty years ago, even because now we're coming up to you know about forty years ago, and just to think about that, then when when we saw Raiders when it came out in nineteen eighty one, you know, movies that came out forty years before that were that, that actually came out before this movie takes place. Okay, we're watching right now. We just yeah, Gone with the Wind and the Wizard of Oz and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it's just amazing thinking about the the way that 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 time you know plays. I guess you could say in some ways plays tricks on us because because you know for us, I, I know I can speak for you. And this was one of the the, the you know the the highlights of our childhood of, of watching yeah. a movie in the theater. You know, and to think that the dis the time the distance of time between now and then 
is the distance of time between then and, as you mentioned, Gone with the Wind and stuff like that. That's just absurd. It means to we're think old, about. Rob. We're 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 old. Yeah, it's it's. I refuse to admit that I'm old. I'm I'm still <laughs> young at heart. You know, I still, still. I have to. I have to. I turned fifty in a few weeks, so I'm like, oh, this is something that makes it feel real. I guess uh, the fact that Raiders is forty years old. You're saying. <laughs> Well, no, ju- no, turning 50. <laughs> well, as I say, you know, I, I don't have a problem getting getting older because it's much better than the other alternative. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> Especially you're, you're talking about re- you're talking about reversing an age like uh, like Benjamin Button. That's what um, we're talking about here. Well, I, I, the truth is I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Benjamin, Benjamin Button, but that's not something that I would either. That's a little too frustrating going going against the grain with everyone else, especially when you don't understand why you're why that's happening. So yeah, all right. Well, we should, we should yeah. get along in this minute because we we've, we've only talked about. For, <laughs> but if this is a, a if if this is a, a look at what the next uh, you know the rest of this week is going to be like, it's going to be a fun week. <laughs> so then then we we go back to Hiltz and and Hiltz is looking back and forth between the the, the different uh, guard towers to Goff who's next to him, and he goes well. The next step's going to be a bit tricky. And Goff, who, for me, this is really shocking because Goff knows him. He, he's already made 17 escape attempts. He knows what type of guy he is. And his his reaction is, is you're not really going to go out there, are you? Meaning, wait a second. <laughs> are you trying to escape here? Like, what's the idea? You, you have an idea that's going. I think Goff is, is a little too uh, happy there. You know, I think that, that's what I don't think, you know, maybe maybe he's, He's happy that he got shot down and is right now in the middle of a uh, of, of a prison camp. I don't, I don't know, you know. Well, he kind of kind of quickly tries to help from this. He's like, so I was like oh, I'm just I'm gonna take a walk. You 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 go ahead and and get yourself shot. Maybe I'm, I'm gonna take a walk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't really want to be a part of this. You know that type of thing. I mean, something that's interesting in the book. It actually mentioned. Have you have you uh, book that this is based on? No, no, I haven't. Okay, so it, uh, it's it's based on uh, obviously you know this is based on a true story, right? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm even I'm now confusing myself. It in the script, it actually explains things a little a little differently because they actually mention previously why why Hiltz is known as the Cooler King, which is something that that's never really mentioned in in, in this uh, in in the movie. This was something that obviously got cut out of. The original script. Uh, there's there's obvious reasons for it because the scene is pretty extraneous. But you know they they still want us to understand why he's why he's actually uh, considered the the cooler king. And they mentioned there that Goff has a conversation with with another one of the characters, which is named Maryvale, who never shows up in the movie. We don't know who that is. I've, I've no idea who that is. He looks out and Maryvale says says to him, "Oh, who is that?" Who is that chap? And Goff says, oh, that's Virgil Hiltz from Nebraska, the Cooler King. And Merrillville goes, what? I beg your pardon? And he says, oh, in our last camp, Virgil loved more time in the cooler than all the rest of the, the prisoners put together. So, again, th- this isn't a, a, a phrase that really, uh, you know, a conversation that needs to be in the movie. But but it would shed a little bit of light as to why you know, we, we find out at the end of the movie, you have their uh, their tags of, of who they are. Uh, you know, it says that he's the Cooler King. But throughout the movie, he's never mentioned as being the Cooler King, even though we obviously know that he spends the most time of anyone in Cooler, even more than Ives. That's a, that's a nice title, too, the Cooler King. I mean, you know, it makes me think like, you know, if, you know, maybe someday in this imaginary world after the war that he goes on and, and starts a successful business, 
you know, making like styrofoam coolers for people to take out on Memorial Day weekend. And he's literally cooler king, you know, like Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. Well, this is he's the cooler king of Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> whatever it is. That's right. That, that that That's a great idea. Maybe maybe he went into uh, air conditioning or maybe he uh, dealt with dealt with. Uh, oh, yeah. Could be air conditioning. Dealt with with freezers or, or you know, uh, trucks. You know, you know, trucks that, that, that deliver frozen food. You know, there, there's a lot of options. Or he's the guy that invented like the little, you know, he could have invented the little fan that you attach a bottle, you know, and that's his, his quote unquote cooler because it cools you down. I don't know. It could be any yeah, number no, of this, things. These are some, some great things, Todd. That, that would be really good. So basically uh, at this point, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Goff basically turns to him and says, I think I'm going to go take a little walk. I don't, I don't want to be seen with you. You've spent too much time in, in, you know, incarcerated in the cooler. I don't think I really want to stick around with it. Did you notice that, that Goff has something uh, attached to his uh, lapel? No, I guess I didn't notice that. It, it's really strange because a pen or it could be uh, a bullet. It, it's just very strange that, that he's walking around with that. Hmm. It's, it's not something that you would think uh, some, uh, a prisoner is going to be walking around with. Either way, I mean, if, if it's a bullet, obviously there's no reason why he should be why he should have that. And if it's uh, if it's a pen, you'd wonder why why he puts his pen that way. You know, like and, and what does he need a pen for? <laughs> What is he keeping track of? You know. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's wrote on his on his palm or something like that as they go about try to figure out their plan. I don't know. Or I mean, he just as, as he said in the last minute, you know, that uh, or last week he he mentioned that they found he found one other American in the uh, in the camp. So maybe he's writing on the names of the Americans. There you go. You know, you know oh Henley. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, moving along, so we we get to the we get a next shot of all the Russian prisoners. Who last week we we discussed about the the little brawl that uh, that that Cedric and Haynes created as a diversion and allowed Danny to jump into the group of Russians. So I mean, one of the things that Tom mentioned to me before uh, you know being sent to the cooler is is that uh, he found it very interesting and in that uh, you can see a, a big discussion in the way that the Russian pri- prisoners uh, are are acting and looking as the way that the POWs are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for the most part are are somewhat happy you know they're <laughs> you know maybe maybe they're happy together again i mean there's there, there's many explanations as to why they would be happy are they happy because you know they're they they're maybe because they haven't been shot um there could be many reasons why they're happy because they're in a big budget movie yeah that's what it is <laughs> that's true also and uh, the the russian prisoners don't look as happy even though it's funny because the russian prisoners are all given weapons you know, <laughs> yeah, they the Russians have these these huge. I mean, like the the size of the saws. I'm like, what are they in Sequoia? What are they chopping? This is this is gigantic. Well, no, we we know that they're chopping I, down the trees. I, I know, but that that one guy at the front of the line has this saw that looks like it would take like three guys to operate the thing. It's gigantic. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right that the Russians are just very dour and, and their heads are all hanging down. It's like they're, they're like the guys at the beginning of Metropolis that are just lockstep walking into the factory back and forth swaying as they go into right. to the factory at the beginning of that movie. Right. It's funny, actually, the, 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 the Russian that you mentioned, like Brendan Gleeson. He does. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, we found <laughs> we found another movie that Brendan Gleeson was in before before you know. Uh, let's see, Braveheart came out in nineteen. Uh, so this is forty forty well, forty two years earlier. Forty? Yeah. Wait, no, did I just do my math wrong? No, thirty two years earlier. Thirty two years earlier. And you know, I don't want to get ahead of things on you here, but one thing that strikes me is just how different the Russians look than uh, you know Coburn and, and Bronson when they end up in the line. For Coburn's like Goliath compared to the he's like. You know, how tall was Coburn? I looked it up. He's six two. I mean, he, he looks huge. Little old gentlemen, these Russian gentlemen that are in the line. Coburn sticks out like a sore thumb. We are jumping a little bit ahead, but he does put like a, 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 a interesting cap on his head to try to try to fit into everybody. But, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's just a few minutes, or actually, just a few seconds from now. I, I keep forgetting that we're doing this minute by minute, so therefore, it's every every episode is is dealing with mere seconds of things. Yeah. Right. Yes. So as as soon as the the, the the Russians start moving along, so you see Cedric, which which is really funny. He was just in the middle of a fight. And he quickly, you know, puts on a jacket and, and runs, runs to go catch up. You know, just, I don't want to miss out. I want to be there part of them. And then you have the Russians yes. walking by two by two. And then he just jumps in. And, and he has this, as we said, he, he's got this uh, ski cap on, which makes him look like he's about to go rob a 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just really funny. Yeah. And, they, and it's, it, it's a coincidence that he just happens to move at this, get into the same line as, as Danny does. You know, it's just, you know, he's like waiting. Okay, where am I going to go? And I'm going to go next to someone else who I'm going to be recognized being next to. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think, you know, should have been like, dude, come on, get, give me some space here. Get away. You're, you're spoiling my, my, my racket here. Get, get lost. This is my hiding place. Move. move exactly. Move. Yeah. What, of course, Bronson, though, I mean, it's Charles Bronson. Come on. He didn't even need to say anything. He could have just turned and given, you know, the squinty eyed look and, you know, been like, hey, you, you know. You shouldn't be here. Get lost, man. This is my gig. <laughs> well, what, 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 one of the things that, 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 that we've always been uh, trying to notice while watching this is when you see the different prisoners in the camp, you just try and find the different things that they're actually holding. Because, you know, they, they, we, we found some really interesting things that, that these prisoners have been holding that just don't belong there. We, we, we found a guy carrying a guitar at one point. We found someone with a bone. But if you look here, right after... Trombone? <laughs> yeah, seriously. But... <laughs> I, I missed that totally. I played the trombone in the high school band, so you know. I mean, you can use a weapon. Believe me, I explored all those possibilities. Well, why do you need a trombone as a weapon when you're given an axe? Uh... <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess I could make it look more believable. I know how to play the trombone, so you know. There you go. That's true. Um, so in, in this in this uh, minute, uh, when Cedric, so you see a, a POW with a very bright blue uniform, including a blue hat. And he's, he's holding a knapsack in his hand, which, which again, makes you, makes me wonder. And, and I've wondered this so much over the, over the few weeks that we've been doing this and, and through the rest of the movie also, there's a lot of points where you, where you wonder this. It's like all of these characters are meant to be air force. Members. Therefore I would say mm-hmm. 99 out of a hundred of them jumped out of a plane. Okay. How do they have some of these things that they have? You know, and they all are able to, they almost all have hats. Okay. You, you think that, you know, it's interesting that, that they're able to, to somehow come across all of these, uh, interesting things (laughs) out of nowhere. Well, you know, the, 
those flight suits, you know, they have those big pockets on them with the zippers and stuff. And it's a well-known documented those pockets could hold a trombone. I mean, it could. Come on. That's true. Be but, but, but you're, you're in your, you're, you're in your, your, your jet and you just got hit. And the first thing is, okay, which pocket do I put my trombone in? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it would be for me. I can't speak for everybody, but you know. Okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe you actually played the character who, who's with the trombone. <laughs> You're on to me. I was going to say. Okay. All right. I got you. I got you there. Uh, no, so he's just carrying this very, uh, pretty, pretty big knapsack and makes you wonder, you know, where, where he got it and what he's got in it. It's in, uh, it's, well, it's shown it. And if anyone wants to actually take a look to see what I'm talking about, I, I, I wonder that about this whole movie and, you know, just about any other prison movie and things like that. I'm always wondering where, where do they get some of these things? You know, I, I re- recognize there's often a thing of, oh, they get things through the guards or they, they get something like that. But there's sometimes where I just think, really? I don't see how, you know, even the worst guard would have let it, that slip through. But I don't know. You got to do those things in the yes, movies, of course, I guess. To make it interesting. Right, We're closing out the minute, and uh, basically we see trucks moving with with the trees. So now we actually get to understand what the Russians were doing. They were cutting down these trees, which you know they're they're pretty big trees too, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense, but it just still baffles me that they they still are allowing them to carry all of their uh, uh, you know all of these dangerous uh, weapons uh, because come on, axes, saws. I think someone has has a, a, a hammer. I mean, they, these are things that uh, they could do damage. Uh, they probably won't won't live very long after they do their damage. But still. the thing, I mean, as I watch this movie, I sit there and go, "Well, yeah, I mean, you could take a swing with that axe." But then I'm thinking, "Yeah, but there's ten guys with machine guns right around the corner over there." So you know, yeah. But... Exactly. And then the the minute uh, jumps back to us getting to see uh, Danny and Sedgwick while they're waiting in line, and Danny starts scratching his head, and that's pretty much. Uh, the end of this minute. Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to say about this minute, Todd? No, no. I think we covered it. I mean, there's a lot going on in this uh, s- sequence there. It kind of a couple of different things that are going to pay off here in the next couple of minutes. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later in the week. Uh, I hope you're, you're willing to come back uh, later in the week. Oh, I think they twist my arm. Yeah. Because Tom's, Tom's in the cooler till, yeah. till next week. So, you know, and you're going to have to have someone to talk to this about. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So do you want to tell everyone how they can get in touch with you, how they can uh, contact the, the Forgotten Filmcast or, or Todd Liebenau? Oh, of course. Well, yeah, you can find the Forgotten Filmcast on, you know, iTunes and all those other places. you find. Uh, My blog is Forgotten Films at ForgottenFilmcast.wordpress.com. And I'm on Twitter at Forgotten Films. That's films with a Z. All right. Great. So anyone wants to get in touch with us, you can, uh, with me or Tom, you can send us an email at uh, thegreatminute at gmail.com. You can uh, visit our website, thegreatescapeminute.com. You can uh, shoot us a tweet on Twitter at Great Escape MXM, and uh, you come and uh, talk to us uh, via our Facebook group, The Cooler, which uh, Tom is in charge of that this week. He's doing a good job there. All right, we'll we'll see you tomorrow. Tally ho! Tally ho!